Well, we will always have Paris, or will we? I'm James Paniki, the Brussels Managing Editor here at MLEX, and over the past day we've been grappling with the fallout from the US government's decision to pull out of the Paris Climate Agreement, that's the UN Climate Accord for the Reduction of Greenhouse Gas Emissions. Our senior energy correspondent, Laurel Henning, covered the nuts and bolts of the news over the past day or so, but as regular readers and listeners know, Laurel has paved the way for our coverage over the past few months with some fine analysis of what a US withdrawal would mean. And it's about more than just climate policy, obviously. There are geopolitical implications to this decision as well, particularly with China eager to play a larger role in the international push to greenhouse gas emissions, and Laurel has covered that extensively in the past as well. So, Laurel, here we are again talking about the impact of Donald Trump on international emissions reduction efforts. Welcome back. Thank you, James. It's all uh, it's all deja vu. Now, <laughs> what exactly did Donald Trump uh, announce over the past day? So in the Rose Garden of the White House last night for us in Brussels and yesterday afternoon for those of you listening in the US, uh, Donald Trump said that he was pulling the US out of an unfair deal for America, um, a deal that would hurt US taxpayers, households, businesses, um, and a deal that would lead to what he said were 2.7 million job cuts by uh, 2025. And so so there was a, a clear national agenda there who said, I'm doing this for the United States, this is the right thing for the United States, and that's all there is to it. He is making America great again. He is certainly sticking to his vision. And he did leave the door open to some extent in the sense that he said that he was prepared to renegotiate this deal. I mean, uh, how seriously should we take that in the light of the fact that many world leaders are not particularly keen to do that? So he said, I'll renegotiate a deal, a deal that's fair. And if it's not fair, then fine. I'll only take a deal that I want. That statement has been met with rage, basically, Mm -hmm. in Europe. Um, You've got some key EU leaders uh, in France, Italy and Germany all saying that they wouldn't renegotiate the deal. And uh, today, Climate Commissioner Miguel Arias Cañete told journalists in Brussels, the deal is not for renegotiation. The deal is ready to be implemented. It's, you know, it's fit for purpose. It doesn't need renegotiating. So uh, Mm. that's something that you would be radically opposed to. That raises the question, I suppose, of of why did Trump do this? I mean, we've talked about, obviously, the ideological underpinnings of this decision. Do we know anything else as to what might have motivated this decision? So flying around the Twitter sphere last night as this announcement was taking place was the idea that, well, when everything else is going wrong, you stick to base. This is a, a clear pledge from Trump's campaign trail. Um, it's sort of an easier one of the wins, I guess, in terms of if you um, compare it to uh, Obamacare and the changes that he's trying to make there that seem to not quite be taking place at the pace that he had imagined. Um, also the problems that we're seeing, obviously, with Russia. So this is sort of a clear, I am strong, I am your leader, and, and this is what I'm here to do. And it was a core commitment, and he's obviously sticking to that. But what will the Paris deal look like now without the United States? This isn't an immediate change, uh, something that Europe's climate commissioner, um, who I've already mentioned, uh, Cagnette, already said today, is that he encouraged Donald Trump to take a close look at all 29 articles of the Paris Accord. The suggestion being that he might not have read them all. He's a man that he says he doesn't read, so... (laughs) Well, someone in his administration would have, I presume. Someone needs to take a look at this deal. Um, And so uh, Commissioner Cagnette said today, in that agreement, it says very clearly that 
uh, a party to the deal can only leave three years after it's entered into force. And once you notify that you want to leave three years after the deal enters into force, that process takes an, an additional year. Well, the deal entered into force, the Paris Agreement entered into force November 4th, 2016. So by the time all of that's done, you're taking us to November 4th, 2020. That's one day after the next US election. And another thing that the commissioner said today was, this is not a deal that was meant to change with every election. And it looks like maybe that could that could happen. That could be the mistake that the US has made here. And of course, there's a school of thought that suggests that this is a blessing in disguise, just as Brexit, for example, uh, created a greater level of unity among the 27 remaining member states of the European Union. So too, this could uh, steal the resolve of those countries that are determined to do something about greenhouse gas emissions. Indeed. So while the, the shared burden of the remaining parties becomes slightly larger, each each person's portion becomes larger to, to meet the, the goal to cut global emissions um, that's outlined in the Paris Agreement. While that goal becomes a slightly heavier burden for those remaining, there seems to already be a stronger sense of unity. And that's something that we had already seen at the May meeting of UN governments in Bonn, uh, where they were discussing the accord um, just last month. And so I think there will be, yes, a renewed unity and a re- renewed determination that especially countries like China, places like the EU, will lead uh, this UN deal forward and will will make this goal happen. I, I see that uh, uh, the video of Macron announcing France's position on that this is during the rounds of, uh, of the Twitter sphere as well. It's not often that a French president speaks English. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big deal. It For is. a French president to speak English publicly about an, yes. uh, publicly yeah. about an international um, situation. And he said, you know, I respect the deal while also inviting all US scientists concerned with this issue to come and work in France and that he was committed <laughs> to making the planet great again. Oh, there you go. So uh, it's good to end with that, with that uh, slogan. Laurel, thank you very much for the update. The stakes are obviously very high, but your coverage has helped us to make sense of it. So thank you very, very much. Laurel Henning is MLEX's senior energy reporter, and she's speaking to me uh, here in the Brussels office of MLEX. I'm James Paniki. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Bye for now.